On this episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast, we went live, Facebook Live, that is, to talk about storytelling with your photography. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. It looks like I am officially live. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life podcast, episode 75. We are live. This is an experiment to see how this might work. So you know that every week, every week I do an episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. And this time I thought it might be interesting if I recorded it live here on Facebook. So you come on out and join. Thank you so much for doing so. Um, this is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast, and we're building a lifestyle around creating great pictures, building an audience, and making an impact with our photos. I'm Linford Warden, your host. You can call me Lynn, and I am glad you're here for this live recording. Now, of course, this will be available both as your typical Facebook live recording, but I'll also um put it back over on the website as a as a recording for um like we normally see it so you'll be able to get it on iTunes and everywhere else you listen if you listen to the podcast weekly now today in episode 75 i want to talk about better storytelling with your photography better storytelling and I talk about this a lot, especially on the street photography um, workshop. I talk about one way you can get better images when you're in, in street mode or storytelling mode. And really, this is this works whether or not you're just in street or if you are doing other kinds of photography. The, sto- the, the images with a lot of impact are usually the ones where there is a story. Story, where there's something where you, the photographer, get to say something with your images. Um, so, you, as I was saying, when you get to say something with your images, that's when you make the most impact. And so we'll talk about what that means today. And this was really spawned because this past week I did a, a photo camp in D.C. It's the fourth one I've done, which sounds crazy to me to say out loud, but it's the fourth one I've done. And I get a, I get teenagers together, and we, we get around D.C., and we learn different kinds of... We learn different kinds of photography. And one of the things we did is we went up to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and we... We went to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and we we did st- some storytelling there. And 
That's one of the great examples, and I'll share with you when you go to see the the final post for this episode, you'll see the example that I'm talking about. So we're talking about storytelling and, and better storytelling with your pictures. Now, now, generally, when you talk to, when people think about storytelling and uh, you talk with writers or screenwriters or people who, who do storytelling for a living, one of the examples you almost hear as the Bible is Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Now, J- Joseph Campbell um, developed this, this pattern of a narrative that... Uh, and he's an American scholar. He developed this narrative that's used called. <laughs> I just saw a note from Allison says you can't find the the Facebook live. If any of you are friends with her, just let her know that it's over in in the Shutterbug Life. All right. So Joseph Campbell had this pattern narrative identified that that's that appears in a lot of drama and storytelling and and if you watch a lot of hollywood movies it is pretty um pretty prevalent there too and and really the hero's journey is he talks about if you remember star wars or or just any of the uh, any of the blockbusters these these days it follows something like this there's an ordinary world there's a he- ordinary world you see the the hero just in his regular setting and then there's a call to adventure and then of course he refuses to call no i can't and then of course there's a meeting with a mentor and someone talks him into it and then he goes through and he crosses the threshold he has tests and allies and then he overcomes this big ordeal then there's a reward and then there's a road back and you see him again Playing with the family on the front lawn. So there you go. So that in, 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 in Joseph Campbell's structure, there are at least 17 steps in the structure of, uh, of the hero's journey. Now, now that's really complicated. When I'm talking about storytelling for photographers, it's different. It's going to be a little, it's going to be much simpler. Now, for, Photographers, when we talk about um, storytelling, I like to think of just certain options or certain elements that you will want to include in your photography or your work if you are trying indeed to do real storytelling. And one is like in any story, if you were to sit down and say, well, you know, kids sit around, you know, gather around, I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. The story is always going to be centered around a character, right? Little Red Riding Hood, the, um, the, the Jack of the Beanstalk. I mean, you, you name any story that you know, um, there's a character, there's a main person, and, and every story has to have this who. And I think in our photography, we need that main character. Now, the character, when I do street photography, I try and, and, and say it ought to be a person. Hang on one second. Okay. I, I saw my, my light shifting there. So it all, it, it, it generally is a person, but Lots of times you can use other inanimate objects or pets or something else, but you, but you still want that hero in your photograph, something around which you will tell your story. Okay. 
So you, you're looking for who is this story about? What is this story about if you are thinking about doing real storytelling with, with your, with your camera? Now, the way we did it when we took our teen camp up to Arlington National Cemetery, I chose that because it's an easy, it was an easy location to do storytelling. It was the changing of the guard. And many of you know that at a Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, there's a constant vigil there. And there is a, a, a guard, a sentry, who marches back and forth in front of the tomb. And that in this time of year, every 30 minutes on the hour and on the half hour, there's a ceremony that goes on where a superior and the next guard is replacing him will come out. And then they go through this ritual of the supervisor doing inspection and checking the weapon. And then after that, the other one walks on and, and he, you know, checks the other weapon and then the other one walks off. And so there's this whole ritual they go through. And after they're done, the old, uh, the, the sentry who's being relieved of duty walks off of the stage, if stage, if you will, with the supervisor. And so you have this whole drama unfolding in front of you. And it's just, it's great for storytelling because there's a natural story unfolding in front of you. So I took the teenagers there and said, hey, let's do some storytelling. And with storytelling, you can have a number one of these structures. You have the person or the character, meaning you have, you can make wrap your story around any one of those three individuals you can make your story about something else. You could make it about the weapon. You could make it about the uniform, which is one, one of the students did, which you will see. You can make it around anything. You could, but you need a character for a story. So keep that in mind. You need a character, a person or a character. You need a setting. We were in front of the tomb of the unknown soldier. And so the storytelling there would be wrapped around that location because that is integral to the story we're trying to tell. When we do street photography, we say lots of street photography will, may happen, for instance, in front of, in front of, it, it was in the city, in New York City or some other iconic looking location. Back in the old days, it, it'd be Paris in the 50s and 60s. In where, whatever city you might happen to be in, you have some locations that are just iconic where people look at it and they know where it is. So you have this setting, a location. Where, where is the story being told? You know, Little Red Riding Hood was going through the woods, you know. Uh, so you have to think about where the story is being told. And in a really good storytelling, Example, the setting is an important part of the story. So think about that. We're now with your photography. We're going back again because we're going to talk about storytelling through the prism, if you haven't noticed, of this day at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers. So we have this, this opportunity to photograph these soldiers going back and forth. But we also want to have a bit of setting, meaning you have the tomb there, you have visitors looking on, you have the backdrop of the, the cemetery and the city skyline. You have all these different settings that you can include in an image just to give it a sense of place. So you have your character, you have your setting, you have the who and you have the where. The thing you need now is a what or the action.
Story stories are usually centered around people doing something or something happening. There's usually an action, like what's going on. You know, it's not a story if there's no action. And so, as I told the students, if you want to leave here with great stories. Wait for when something is going on, when he's actually doing the inspection and looking in the weapon, when he's moving back and forth, when they're, you know, actually marching in and you can see the feet are going up and you can hear the feet, um, you know, smacking on the ground and you, you, there's things going on and, and all these actions and things going on make for good stories. And so you'll see in the example that we post, that I post that the storytelling around very specific actions when they're doing something leads to the most dramatic results. Now, as in anything else, if I see it and I understand it, I understand it, but if I feel it, then that's when I really, really, really get it. And so now you can think about um, the last element, which will be emotion, emotional content. What do I feel? When I look at your your images and and what's what emotion does the story elicit for me? And if you think about any of the of the um, Pulitzer Prize winning photographs, this is what they all win for because they don't just tell a story at an instant; they also rip your heart out and make you feel something. And so, the easy way to do that is to look for the emotion. I'll talk about this a little bit down the road, but you want to look for. You know, where's the emotion? Like the people you're photographing, what do they feel? What are they experiencing? And if you can capture that right at the, right at the height of the emotion, you'll have a really strong storytelling image. When we went to New York City last time for the Street Photography Workshop, you know, one of our attendees got this scene with these Boy Scouts racing these cars, you know, and I had this when I was a kid too, you set the track up so it starts high and the car, and the car zoomed down, and so now you have the car zooming and the kids are running after the cars, and they have this look of excitement and joy in their faces, and it's that moment, that moment when you have not just action, but emotion, excitement, that you have the strongest storytelling opportunity. So, Think about these four elements, the personal character, the setting or where you are, the action, what you're doing, and the emotion, what are you feeling? Now, you don't have to have all four of these, but if you have all four, you probably have the, the, a, bit, a better chance for having a real strong storytelling photography opportunity. Now, how do you organize it? So a lot of times, I remember I was thinking about this, I was thinking about when I was in Defense, the Defense Information School, which is where the military trains their photojournalists. And, uh, you know, I remember having one time this, this assignment to go to a post office and sit there with my camera and don't come back unless you have a story. Now, if you've ever just sat in a post office waiting for a story to happen, you'll know how miserable I was with that assignment. This was, outside of Indianapolis in a little town, just military town. And so the post office was a sleepy little place where I think I waited all morning for just one or two people to amble in and get stamps and amble back out. And so there was just not, not much going on. So how do you tell a story then, right? What kind of structure are you looking for? And hey, look, Sandra Thea. How, how you doing, Sandra? So 
the, the, the structure most people understand is the linear one. We all understand that structure. It's beginning, middle, end. So I had someone coming in. I had them buying a stamp. I had them going out. Okay, it's yawn worthy, but it still works. We get it. The beginning, middle, end works more reliably for anything else because we because this is how we think as human beings. This is how our, our brains are wired. And so when we were down at the cemetery, the easy way to I told you know the team is the easy way to do this. You see the the new um, an, an image of the the new century coming out to guard. I mean to replace the guard, the inspection, and then one leaving. This is really simple. One, two, three, beginning, middle, end. We get it. Someone's coming. There's an inspection. One leaves. This is the simplest and easiest way to tell that story. When you go to parades or anywhere else where something is happening, when there's an event, if you go, if you're, if you're doing sports, for instance, if you're photographing a sporting event, this is the simplest and easiest way to tell that story. A lot of times when people photograph sports, they only focus on the event happening on the field. Hey, Allison, glad you found us. A lot of times, they only, when you're photographing sports, they only photograph, focus on the events happening on the field. But in a really powerful story, you can have a beginning, middle, end. You can have the warm-up as they exercise and they, they're thinking about, you know, they're getting ready. You know, they're stretching and they're, they're doing the warm-up exercise. Then you can have the actual, you know, struggle of the game itself. And then you can have after the game where you where you show, you know, the the agony of defeat or the exhilaration of victory. There's a story beginning, middle, end. And so if you think about the next thing you go to shoot in terms of beginning, middle, end, you'll have an, a very easy story told. OK, so beginning, middle, end is the easiest way to tell a story. But you don't always have to be that literal in your storytelling. The other one which works is is called the action-reaction. And this is another easy one when there is an event happening. So when we're at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, for instance, and they are, you know, going through the routine of inspecting the weapon and and you know and inspecting the new the soldier who's coming on duty and relieving, you look off to the side and from some angles you can see the audience looking on. And if you just look in their faces, you see that just awe and wonder in their eyes. There's always a little kid with a mouth hanging open. And, and, and in many cases, on the side, you'll see a, like a row of people, veterans. They'll have the veterans' hats on. And they'll be, they'll be, you know, a lot of times, like I was there once time and there was a whole row of them in wheelchairs. And so you have all these opportunities now to get action and reaction because the vets will have a very different reaction. It's solemn. It's pride. Um, the kids looking on, it's wonder. Remember, we talked about emotion. And for most other people looking on, it's just like, you know, it's like, wow. And so you have all this going on, action and reaction. The action is what's going on on stage or the actual changing of the guard. And of course, the reaction or would be people looking on. Now, interestingly enough, this is the one you can get in the same image. You know, I saw one of our students got this one shot where you could see them 
holding the weapons, you know, holding weapons and inspecting the weapon. And over the shoulder, just a little out of focus, you can see people looking on. This is great. Action and reaction all in the same image. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. So this is the second kind of story you can tell. It's the action and reaction. Now, the third one is called a, is a repeating theme. And this is one in the example I'm going to show you which really was done well. It was a repeating theme, meaning it's almost like a flat Stanley approach to storytelling. You, you know, you have the one thing and you can repeat it over and over again in different settings. Or she did. She looked at she she made the story about the uniform and started with the with the shiny boots and then with the gloves and then the patch that said honor guard and then the helmet. And she went, went through each and, and just showed how pristine each was. And so at the end of that series, you always have a story, sort of an intuitive story there too, that wow, these guys put a lot of time and effort into keeping that uniform spit shine, as we say in the, in the army. So that's another way of telling a story. Pick a theme that you can follow through in a series. And the, the, the theme or the topic that you choose will almost be the through line that will connect your whole, all your images and your story together. The last one is whether or not you do it in a series of multiple frames versus one frame. So remember I talked about, for them, I encouraged them to do that in multiple frames, like at least three, maybe five. Now, this is, we used to call this, in the military, we call this doing a, a photo series. And you see this a lot of times in magazines. You'll see one big picture and then a series of three or four clustered around it, right? Because this is usually how you do it. There's always one picture that's going to be your your hero image, if you will, right? So even though you have a series of three or five, there's always the one that's going to be the hero image. And this is the one that you show first or you show biggest if, you, if you're presenting in a magazine or in a blog or anything. You have this one shown biggest. This is the hero. This is at a, at a glance. This is the essence of your story, your photo story. And then the others continue the theme. With, with smaller images. So you have the one, boom, and then the three or two or three or four, how many other, other go. So this is telling the story in multiple frames. So if you're doing action reaction, it's easy. The big action and the small set of reactions or one and one. Or if you are doing beginning, middle, end, there's a huge hero shot. And then you see the series that takes you through um, time. So this is how that one would work. Now, you can all do it in one image sometimes because a lot of times photojournalists, for instance, they work really hard to get the whole story in one image. This is the one image I said that my student Taylor got when she had the guy inspecting the weapon and over the shoulder you saw someone looking on. This is action reaction in one image and, and, and you can do this too. There's no reason why you can't have one strong image that tells your whole story. But sometimes you might want more than one just to, to develop it fully. And so think about this as you're shooting. Lots of times when we're shooting and I'm running out and, you know, my, my, my time when I'm telling stories as a in photojournalist mode, I'm always thinking about when I'm shooting what the layout will look like in the magazine. I'm thinking about, okay, this is going to be, 
you know, I'm th I know I'm shooting a cover story and I'm thinking, okay, this is my cover shot. I know it's going to be in portrait format. I know I'm going to need some space above the head of whoever my subject is so they can have the headline. You know, you think through all these kinds of things. Now, you don't have to get into that level of detail, but you're still thinking about what the end product will be for your story while you're telling it. And that will give you some ideas of whether you want one frame or three frames or five frames. It will also inform the way you go about shooting it. When I'm shooting for a magazine, I know they're facing pages. I know that, that there's going to be a left page where the, the, sub, the, the action is going to go in, a right page where the action goes in this way. You're thinking about all this stuff. But you don't always have to do it that way. But if you're, in, if you, the point is, if you think about what the end product might be, many of you, it's creating your blogs. And for many of you, it might be just you are doing something that you're trying to to sell to an editor. Like you, you happen to go up to, for instance, to Philadelphia or Cleveland somewhere and you covered one of the conventions and you know that at the end you want to be able to sell these images to an editor, then you have to think about the way they will use it. Think about the story you tell, how you tell the story and how it will be used. So that's the last thing is to think about the way it will be used. Now you know whether you want, you know, which storytelling mode you want to use how many images you need to use to tell that story fully, how much space you have to tell that story, and any other restraints, limitations, or guidance that might come along with that. Make sense to everyone? Any, any questions along the way? Now, what you'll see is the, the, the image series that I'm going to post with this tomorrow, and it will show you how you walk through that series, and it's done by, and it's so simple, it's done by one of my students with a day's worth of training. But it's really, but but I, I think it's a really good example of what what good storytelling will look like with your photography and with your camera. Good to see you guys showing up. And, uh, you know, lots of times when I'm recording my podcast, it's just me in a room by myself just talking to the microphone, and I imagine myself having a conversation with you, but it's it's a lot of fun to actually have this conversation. Rebecca says, we need to get to Vancouver. Uh, invitation accepted, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> we'll be out there soon. Um, any other questions about storytelling with your photography? I, any, has anyone tried to do that, and any frustrations of getting it, any questions about that or any other photography related questions, I'll entertain questions for just a couple more minutes before we wrap this up. Have you ever considered long distance training? <laughs> Speaking of army, yeah, in my army days, I would run longer than I would even drive these days. Um, but, but not anymore. Today, when I carry my little pedometer around and I, I log 10,000 steps, I consider that a, a successful day. So I don't know that, uh, I'm, I'm going much further than 10,000 steps. If you're a nature photographer and want to capture a single flower, how would you tell a story? D asks. So that's a good question, right? Because you can, not everyone is will be as an overt story, but let's say, like, for instance, I saw some images at the 
at the sunflower fields, right? And some of them were interesting stories. Some of them were the sunflowers sort of bending and, and as if the head was coming up and the sun coming over in the morning. So there's a, there's sort of like a story embedded there that, that the sun is waking it up. You know what I mean? And th there were other stories where you had, um, you know, the, the bugs sort of swirling around. And then there's one with maybe one wilted, one wilted leaf. And so if you just have a perfect flower and perfect lighting and, and everything else is pristine, you probably won't have a story because, you know, in in all great storytelling, there's a bit of drama. And if, as you know, if you watch the news and there's controversy and there's there's, you know, a challenge to overcome. And so you would have to think about that as a nature. Right. If D. You're a nature photographer. What are the challenges that the flower might have to overcome? And maybe look at ways of photographing to capture some of that. Um, but, but, but it, it, it would mean that you're not just looking for always just looking for the perfect setting. There are a million people doing that anyway. So you can look for other ways, but that was one, uh, the, the sunflower. I don't know who shot it. I forgot who shot it, but it was in the Shutterbug Excursions group. But it was one where I remember seeing it, and it was a a, a a good moment in time, good storytelling. That helps, D. Anyone else? Anybody struggling with anything? Again, this is the kind of thing D would tell you that I I do twice a month in the mentoring club as well. I. We get on, we talk, we, we, I pick a topic just based on the vibe I get from the group and we present it and we talk about it and we get feedback. And, uh, there, then, then there's one webinar where you submit your images if you want to get feedback or submit. I have a person who submitted, uh, their blog and wants information on their blog. And so I'm, I'm going to do some of that. And so there's the platform or images, whatever you're working with, trying to, you know, get to the place where you're making an impact with your photography. That's the kind of thing I can help with. And again, you can submit questions anytime, day or night and tag me in the private Facebook group. And I come on in and answer for you as well as a more formal answer in our two month, our two webinars. All right. So unless you have other questions, long distance training, Vancouver, Vicky, thanks for, and, and Vicky, I hope you're settling in. Vicky took the classes her last thing to do in the DC, New York area and then went down south somewhere. I hope you guys are settling in okay down wherever you all ended up. And I think looks like you arrived safely. So that's great. I'm excited to, to hear that. And uh, D, I'm always looking forward to come to Miami. Ha, <laughs> look at these, all these, all these great invitations. Um, Thanks, guys, for joining for this live recording of the Shutterbug Life podcast, episode number 75. Remember, if you enjoy what we do here, the podcast is weekly. You can subscribe at shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. And every week, one of these will go out and you'll get your reminder for it. If you're in iTunes, just go to itunes.shutterbuglife.com. It gets you there. And if you're in the Washington, D.C. or New York area, We've got meetups and we've got classes and you are invited to join any one of those. And of course, in between, our Facebook group is active, fb.shutterbuglife.com. Thanks so much, guys. Look for the real recording tomorrow and you'll see examples of the things we talked about tonight. All right. 
Thank you so much. You have a good night. Whatever you do, enjoy your shut of a life.